torment. Death and grave, saith he who gave, is life for us, life renewing. Love. Praises ring, give thanks and bring to Christ our Lord, adoration. His honor speed, I word and deed to hold every land, every nation. And death set free, all joy and full consolation. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Hallelujah. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. There's little doubt that today's Holy Gospel is the most repetitive of the church year. A little while, and a little while, and a little while. What is this that you meant by a little while? So they ask themselves, a little while. It's not a translation error, nor is it the evangelist, St. John, seeking to annoy you. But rather, these words in particular are given for your comfort. It is meant to get your attention and to emphasize the fundamental truth of the Christian life. Your life includes weeping and lament, like it did for the disciples that holy week, sorrow and grief. But it is for but a little while. Your weeping will be turned to tears of joy. Your laments to praise and thanksgiving, your sorrow into delightful relief, your grief changed into rejoicing. It is true, your life, like the life of those disciples that week our Lord was betrayed and died, is a life full of pain and misery, terror, grief, shame, suffering, heartache, or all of the above. No one can escape this reality, but it doesn't stop us from trying. We like the word of the Buddha. We seek escape from suffering. And we'll resort to just about anything to avoid it. But we've swallowed what is a lie, that our life can be pain-free, happy, healthy, and without a care. Of course, that's the reason why a staggering number of our neighbors, friends, maybe even congregation members, are addicted to prescription opiates. Others have sought the bottle and alcohol to drown their misery. Some have sought the pleasures of this life in an attempt to ignore reality by filling their bellies, titillating their senses, or just satisfying their passions. Escaping suffering 
is the argument that some would give why we should be able to take our own life at the end of the life God has given us. But here's the thing. No matter how hard we try, pain always comes back. Grief never quite goes away. The guilt for what we've said or done, it lingers. The shame, it sticks to us like tar and feathers. We live in the in-between time. The time between our Lord's ascension and his promised return. A time between death and life. Between the grave and the resurrection. That is to say, we live in in-between the hopeful promise and the realization of that hope that our Lord made, promise that he made to us face to face. That's why when someone says to you after the death of a loved one, well, you'll get over it, they're actually lying. When someone says to you when you're suffering physically, you'll find a way to live with the pain, that again is a lie. When someone says to you about your sin, namely its shame and guilt, you need to find a way to forgive yourself. Again, that's a lie. These so-called coping mechanisms actually do nothing. They don't work. And very often they make everything even worse. Because you can't get over the death of a friend or loved one. You can't ignore or forget your pain, no matter how hard you try. Just the same, you cannot forgive yourself, absolve your own guilt, cleanse yourself of your shame. Instead, we Christians are given to call a thing what it is, not to sidestep or ignore or just dance around or sugarcoat reality. Instead, we are to meet it head-on as we confess today the brutal reality of our sinful life, its mortality. That's not because we preachers like to afflict your conscience, make you feel bad. Nor is it because we Christians are masochists of a sort, finding joy in our pain and misery. But rather... Apart from calling this life what it is, we cannot know our great need, nor would we seek help where it is found. Platitudes won't do. False words of comfort won't work. Seeking pleasure or pills or the bottle won't end it. Even all the multitude of self-help gurus, they will fail us. Because if you're sick, you need a healer. If you're in sorrow, you need a joy bringer. If you are in pain, you need a comforter. If you are burdened by your sin, you need a forgiver. That is all to say that this little while, this existence, is not intended by God to drive us into despair or hopelessness, to drive us deep into misery and unbelief. Instead, the life of this flesh, or as Jesus calls it, bearing our cross, is meant to drive us to our Savior, who is our healer, 
our joy bringer, our comforter, and our forgiver. That's the whole point of this little while. To learn to our need for the crucified Christ Jesus. You need Jesus, who gave his life and shed his blood for you on Calvary. You need the Jesus who promises to come again with joy that never ends and that no one can take from you. There's really nothing else, or no one else really, that will do except Jesus, only Jesus. His love, his hope, his patience, and his forgiveness will satisfy the deepest needs of this mortal life. That's the truth. That's what's really real. But it doesn't ignore the pain. It doesn't sidestep the struggles. It doesn't avoid your misery. There's no pat on the back in the midst of a devastating loss. That isn't your Jesus. Instead, your Jesus entered into your very life, suffered your great pain. He struggles with you, with your sin and doubt. He grieves with you over over death, as he wept at the tomb of his friend. He knows exactly what you feel, what you're experiencing today, where you've gone wrong. Your Savior, Jesus, he wept for you, his friends. He lamented your unbelief. Father, forgive them. He suffered your rejection. My God, my God. And for it all, he died your death. That means in reality, you are not abandoned or forgotten. Jesus has not left you alone to suffer. His compassions never fail. His faithfulness is never ending. It does mean that today you might have sorrow or grief, shame or loss, difficulty, burdens, doubts, worries, and more. Don't lie about them, but call them what they are. Lay them at the foot of the cross, confess them, bring them to Jesus. This is bearing your cross for the sake of faith. There's really no need to lie about it. There's no need to speak about it where God has not spoken. No need to seek after all sorts of fleeting relief and remedies that really don't work where God hasn't promised. Instead, we are given in this little while to wait quietly, to look to our Savior Jesus and put our hope in him. But not only that, to receive him where he's promised to be. To trust that we are in Christ, children of God. To hope in the God who has promised the salvation. Promised relief for everything that ails us. So that means, yes, we're in the midst of what we might call a little while. But hear this. In the midst of this little while, he has not left us. He has not forsaken us. His spirit dwells in you by your baptism into Christ. You are, even now, children of God, heirs of the promise, the beloved of the Lord. No matter what your experience or feelings might tell you. The Holy Spirit, even now, has cleansed you of the burden of your sin, what has plagued your conscience. 
The Spirit is working, Christ's Spirit, to speak through his word in preaching and teaching. With the express aim of overcoming the lies that you've been told or the lies that you tell yourself. And it is Christ's Spirit who comes today to bless the bread and the wine with the word, saying, this is my body given for you today, here. This is my blood shed for you here today to forgive all of your sin. And it is the Spirit who will not leave you without the blessing of God's eternal presence with you, promising you that God himself is with you to bless you and to sustain you and to keep you until your very dying breath. That's the truth. That's what's really real. Yes, this little while is a life marked by the cross, as it was for our own Savior. A life of suffering at times and sorrow, and for everyone, gruesome death. But in the midst of this, we believe, you believe, that Christ is coming with his resurrection, resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. So we are with the disciples that Holy Week given to wait quietly and to watch with hope for what we know is to come. And Jesus promises that wait will be but a little while. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. We stand to sing the offertory. Oh, oh.